Welcome to the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. I'm Sam Melancon from Debacle Records. Every week, we pick a Rancid song and talk about it and all our complicated feelings around it. Um, so this week was my pick and decided to go back into the world of Rancid 2000. I, can't, I, I don't know what to call it anymore now. The, when you mm-hmm. brought up Rancid, Rancid, that's been like... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, this week uh, we're going to talk about poison. So yeah, it's off Rancid 2000 that came out in 2000. Uh, last week was actually the 22nd anniversary of its release, so I guess I'm just mm-hmm. giving away when we're recording here. Um, Tim has the only songwriting credit on it, I believe. Production by Brett Gerwitz. And yeah, this like this is one of my favorite songs on Rancid 2000, because it feels like it's... I mean, a lot of the songs feel this way, but it really has this... The whole idea is like, all right, everybody, let's just go like 100 miles per hour and try not to crash into the wall. And it's, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot, like, the other part of it is like, and we'll get into this, is the lyrics. Um, yeah, for sure. But it's, it's super intense. Like, it's intense front. Like, the first thing you hear is Tim just, it sounds like he's being stabbed or something. It's great, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it and it does and it doesn't let up from there. It gets like you know, um, it just goes a hundred miles an hour the whole time. And yeah. but the thing too is it's like it's going a hundred miles an hour and it's like really raw and visceral. But the chorus is just like a, so good. Like it's such a good simple hook. Like it's so catchy and memorable and. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's still very pop structure underneath. Yeah. For sure. Um, and it's almost like kind of nursery rhyme level hookiness. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's like very simple melody and, and sort of very predictable. Like you probably the first time you've heard it, you're like, okay, I get it. You know, like, um, and yet it is, like you said, it's just like this, you know, minute 18 just... I, you know tornado of a song you know <laughs> yeah and um and i also so like one of the things that cracks me up and you have the actual didn't, didn't you buy all the cds again yep yep does the one you have have the lyrics in it i believe so because so clearly yeah, clearly he he pronounces chaucer like chancer chancer and people write that. Well, because somebody, I saw somewhere that someone said that's, it actually appears like that in the lyric book, is Chancer. Oh, okay. Here, I'll, I mean, it is incredibly, like Chaucer, no, it's a you. Uh, yeah. So, like Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. It cracks me up, like, um, and this, you know, this is actually kind of funny ties into, I was going to do this at the end of the show, but this actually makes more sense now. So, you know, we've been asking for feedback and stuff. Um mm-hmm. And there's one there's one listener who always leaves great comments on Instagram, whose um, Instagram handle is 
eat underscore fuck underscore 31. I don't really know, but that's <laughs> fantastic. Um, but so he, he pointed out on, apparently on nihilism, Tim fucks up one of the lines. And Oh, really? Yeah, and so it says, like, lady on the billboard offered me a drink. And it's supposed to say, I said not right now, I need time to think. But the way he sings it is, I said right now, now. Or right now, now? I don't know, but... <laughs> so, it just is kind of funny. So, you know, like, obviously on this, it, like, chance, you know... I kind of appreciate that it's like, yeah, it's fucked up. Nobody will notice. That was, like, a really good take. We're just going to leave it. <laughs> like, well, also, like, his, his like, sort of, you know, I don't know if it's going as far as speech impediment, but his vocal pattern, you know, is so wild sometimes on certain vowels that, you know, it could just be he is saying Chaucer in a very weird way. And it just yeah. comes off with this hard And when you're hearing it. But, yeah, I, I also think that, like, you know, the, the the story of this album is that they did about, you know, N number of takes. And then they were just like, okay, that one's good enough, you know. Right. Um and there were live takes, I think, was kind of famously. And it feels like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, like, if you got... But you're right that, like, if you got that such a good like, you know, he that's one of the right. likes in punk rock. Like, the like! And then they all come in on when he says Chaucers. Right. You just leave Or it. Chaucers or whatever he's saying. Like, I mean, it's one of the coolest little openings ever. If you messed up, like, half the lyrics, you'd just be like, fine, fuck it. Right. Like, that's such a good <laughs> vocal take. Like, you know, like... You, you'd cut it in there you know, or something you know what I mean so um yeah yeah like and so I mean but yeah I've always it also it's just like always been like the one of the most interesting things ever is that you know you first are like buffeted by this like song just going ah, and then you're like is he talking about Cameron? I know <laughs> well that's the thing and so like I, and I and I remember when I first heard this thinking like Canterbury like it's like, has he been hanging out with, like, the mountain goats? Because that was, you know, like, <laughs> I was, this was, you know, 2000 around that time was, I was really into, I mean, I've been really into the mountain goats for a long time, but, like, uh, I was way more into that than I was into Rancid. And and one of the things I've always appreciated about John Darnielle's lyrics is, I mean, he goes for, you know, they're very um, literary and, mm-hmm. and so hearing Tim, like, go into this whole thing about, the partner's tale from canterbury tales and and like and it works and it makes like it i i i I think it's i it's awesome it's like one of those things to me it's like man tim's like really trying to push himself here and get and there's another part like like i think one of the other lyrical ass pieces that i love is you know you're going 100 miles an hour and he's singing like this really just like all out raw like really intense in this intense way and the fact that he's able to get the phrase illuminated manuscripts into mm-hmm. this like i mean that's like a hell of a mouthful to put in yeah <laughs> but it works well, and it I nails mean, it th- this song i mean this song by far is such an incredible it's like why this album's so awesome mm-hmm. but like i can't believe like within a one minute it is the most childlike silly song i can think of i know it's supposed to be this very angry song and it's talking about you know some people are just you know, evil which, fucking <laughs> and also like it kind of has that feeling of like oh everybody around me are jerks you know which is a little bit of like that i don't love the connotation of him just being like everybody's out to get me um but it is the funniest thing in the world where he's just saying like 
in the same story as you, like you have Chanter's Canterbury Tales and like admission of liabilities. I'm living in my own private cold war. Right. Full of spies. I can't find the door. Very good little like, you know, punk rock, like, yeah. like angry punk rock. And then like the main hook is some like, people some people are poisoned. I'll stare in their then, eye to annoy them. To annoy them. Cause they're fucking poison. You know, like it's basically like, I love it. I love it. it. I can't believe I'll stare in the, oh, I do annoy that. It's so fucking funny that like, the f- I think it's really funny because somebody's out there has to be kind of like, like, yeah, I love this song. It's so fucking tough, you know. Like, and it, you cannot read it as anything but kind of silly. Yeah, you know well, I mean? especially because like, like the verse and the core, they're they're like on opposite ends of the spectrum, right? I mean, like all of the verses are kind of you know, like the first one's about the Canary mm-hmm. Tales and the Partner's Tale, and then the second one, you know, that in a room full of spies and I can't find the door. I mean, that's a great line. Yeah. And then the violent aspects of a tattered man illuminated miniscripts for like those are it's like yeah, okay yeah. yeah and then yeah <laughs> and then the, uh, the punk rock nur- nursery rhyme yeah yeah <laughs> but <laughs> under my skin like oh yeah i just it's so fucking i don't know there's something amazing like, yeah it's so emblematic of like I, I guess the big thing for me is if you get 2000 it's this song that gets you over the hump right like yeah like this is the song that if you don't like if you're if you find it's too silly i think you miss you're like ah, i'm kind of out yeah you know what i mean and if you think it's too cool you're also missing the point of two thousand. like 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 there's something about you have to love the brilliance of how both silly and badass the song is. yeah well and because then i mean and the fact that when, when, in thinking of it in that context like in the sequence of the record and you know the next song's loki which is kind of it's a great like I love it, but it's also like a song about like lo- very straightforward. Yeah, but and it's also like lo- you know you're singing the song about a Norse god, okay, and then and yeah, then like yeah. Black Hawk Down and Rwanda, which again are two great songs, but it's also it's yeah like I think there's like a sort of if you had to have like this sort of suspension of disbelief or whatever to kind of you just have to like I don't know it just kind of it's like you have to kind of go with the flow and it feels like an album that had a little bit more like automatic writing or something going on where it was like i don't know just what's in your mind today yeah what are you pissed about you seem to be pissed at certain people because we have rattlesnake too right you know well i wonder too if the part of this is at least thinking about it from the um the canterbury tales verse and maybe all it's like this i i i think a lot of it goes back to and this is just a common theme but especially in this period of rancid about um there's there constantly be ac- being accused of being sellouts right and this is and i think and i think they're really pissed about that i think that's like this chip on their shoulder and so you know the whole first verse is about like being greedy and the like um you know what i don't know um so, greed corrupts yeah and yeah and so right. it's just like i don't know i, I i'm not quite I, I this is like a half form thought and podcasts are for saying half one mm-hmm. but i there i always feel like a lot of the anger because like yeah they're really pissed in this song i i feel like that has been a chip on and, and maybe less so now i mean now like they're the elder statesman or whatever but yeah from you know outcome the wolves through this period maybe i don't know i i don't i don't know um Jesus Christ! I forgot the name of the two three two thousand three album now. 
I want to. Yeah, I keep wanting to call it disgruntled. I'm like, no, that's a song on this album, you idiot. Um, I don't know that one well enough to still to know where the the uh, that sellout. I mean, that was their big like. That was the big like after effect of it. That was when they got the most sellout. Guess, yeah, had the and Warner then, Brothers and the pop song, and then they didn't make an album for seven years. So you know, or something. Or, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, totally valid. Yeah. I mean, like anyway. You, yeah, you do have to look at it in the context of like this is also their most hardcore album and their most like just intense, you know, like let's just make the most ripping album we can make. And how much of that is we've talked before, how much of that is like in response to Life Won't Wait, which is very like stretched out and loose. And like, you know, the thing that I think about recently is like there's no Matt song on Life Won't Wait, right? Like, yeah. And then there's this album is a Matt like tour de force, like every track he's driving them and every track and then he's got a lot of his big songs on it and then like it just seems like but also it's a very tim record like i just was looking at the so i was looking at the, the poster you know that comes inside right and it's like two tracks are written by tim lars and matt two tracks are written by tim and lars and the other you know we're down to 18 out of 22 tracks are just by tim oh wow so well I always, it always felt like a it really has always felt like a Tim record to me, but, um, and I think too, like, especially at least compared to Outcome the Wolves and Life Won't Wait, him and Lars way more split lead vocal duty, but, um, I mean, there's only what, two or three on here that Lars kind of is, I mean, I can think of Loki and, uh, Dead Bodies are the two I can think of off the top of my head. I think there's another yeah, one. Young Elf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Young Elf. But I mean, it, it, and I mean, I think Lars and Matt have just about the same amount of songs in that. Regard. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, Lars has four, Matt has two. Okay, and then Tim is yeah, got the other sixteen. Twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, he's on. He's on all of them. Right. Uh, so yeah, it is a very like Tim. Tim seemed to have some vision that he wanted to do a super hardcore album, and it seemed to like in opposition to Life on Wait, which I'm sure is the most like, what are you doing? This isn't rock sort of album so i i i still want to know like what was the driving force of wanting to make something so weird also like this song specifically the little middle part uh i think with the violent aspects of a tattered man Uh uh-huh there's like such a like there's a moment in this where you're like am i listening to power violence band because like yeah because it's so garbled and then the feedback is doing this weird cutting in and out thing well and on that yeah that part is it's that second verse is really like the the guitars and stuff yeah it's doing like this weird like you described it's almost like power violence and then but then brett's doing just this like snare roll kind of like like the whole time yeah yeah so it kind of like i don't know to me it brings it in kind of and it's like this sort of breakdown but it's kind of spinning in this yeah. kind of like, like weird like yeah off kilter way for a second
that's so much of that would like sound like a lot of the music I would get into. You know, it's another one of those moments of like, wow, this is really atonal and kind of falling apart. And I always talk about like in sound, it's not really, but like there's parts of this record that feel as like weird and pure. And I'm I'm sure I'm thinking of that part, that like little 10 second part that like almost remind me of like sightings or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like a very weird, like deconstructed very 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 deconstructed rock you know kind of punk rock band in the in the basement right. sort of thing yeah no i think that's true i mean i always kind of connect that part of the song to parts of like let me go where it um yeah because i think it is tr I, I i think that's like one of the secrets of 2000 is that it has some of their weirdest most experimental stuff on it but it's oh, sure. but it's kind of like cloaked in even like this part of this song, which is like, it's really, but it's, you still got Tim doing the, you know, I mean, the verse, <clears throat> the melody is the same and stuff, basically. And so it's kind of not as in your face as some of the maybe more experimental moments of Let the Dominoes Fall. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I think it can get lost in the, intensity uh and i was gonna say like this just the fact that they went high speed for the whole record yeah kind of makes it wash away into like you got you don't slow down and go wow young al capone's a gospel track right you know and like <laughs> you know axioms like this soundtrack to a to a you know motorcycle chase or something you know what i mean like like i'm starting to be like it almost like it gets painted by this flattening brush which i also think brett always does to them a yes. and I wonder how much the the like is this record really really driven by the the art? So the the cover being, um, you know, a matte piece of cardboard. So it's like the first Hellcat records thing they ever did. Mm -hmm. Felt very Hellcat. It's black and white. It's just skulls. It's a scrub scribbled like just straightforward poster. All the photos. I mean, look like. Lars look like Wolverine in the back of this record. <laughs> Everybody looks like they're just like, just so rough, you know. Right. And, and like, uh, Brett looks like he's a Tom DeLonge, which is very weird to me. But uh, like, it's just these like mug shots and black and white and scratchy and like trying to look like a Discharge album cover. And all the merch around this time was like that. Mm -hmm. And everything was just this black and white you know which would become like the timo vision sort of thing and and so cut up and so punk rock grindcore sort of tone that i wonder if this had a very bright cover would i actually think about the album differently because i hmm. think about the album as this you know db right and there's a lot of stuff that isn't just that on the though we're talking about one that is but it's also not that in that it has right. this like weird almost noise section in the middle you know um, like would I think differently about this album if I didn't get like there's so much propaganda around it of like this is our hardcore this is our uh -huh. grindy record you know like yeah I, I, it's hard to tell I know I yeah I, I really that's a really interesting thought like I wonder what my perception of it would be have been if it had a different cover cover like if it's cover looked more like Live Point Wade or something um yeah, like if it had like a vibrant yeah because uh, yeah I mean and even you know as we've done this and I've gone kind of gone back like yeah I mean I've gone back through everything but let's 
you know one of the things i've realized that this is this is still and this is my favorite rancid record is 2000 but yeah is that it's not like i always remember it even before like we started this and when i you know i mean i would listen to rancid and i would you know think about rancid because that's why i started this whole thing but um <laughs> i i did just think of this as like this hardcore album and then as we've done this and like i tried to you know i don't know listen with a more critical ear listen you know for different things that are interesting that maybe like yeah this album i think and i think this is why it's my favorite rancid album because it is so much more than that it's like it's that is like the sort of architecture of it mm-hmm. but the way they fill in those spaces like yes there is a lot of it that's just like okay I mean, there's this and there's rattlesnake and antennas and all these things that that kind of stick out because they were the new part of Rancid in my mind. Yeah, but the, but like but like you said, even in this song, it's got like this weird noisy dissonance thing happening in within that structure, which I think is in some ways even more mm-hmm. interesting than just like I don't know if Rancid made like a noise record, that'd be cool. But um, I, I, I'd be yeah. But I mean, yeah, like there's it's like this weird because obviously you know life will wait was this fuck it we're gonna do all this stuff we want to do and we're gonna just you know go all out go all over the place this and you know and and we've talked about in this episode like it's is a react seems like a reaction to that of like okay well they've did all yeah yeah but even within that it's still like but still we're gonna fucking do we're gonna do some try some different stuff and we're going to try to push ourselves in uh, different ways. And um, it's, you know, it's like the best part of rancid experimenting and, and then it, yeah, I, I don't know that we've heard it again since. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's sort of the weird way indestructible was like sort of two albums being cut together. Yeah. <clears throat> like we kind of heard what the next step of it would be would be like Django and some of the other things like they're taking that sound a little bit mm-hmm. further in the next album but like it kind of gets cut off because like the arc of Rancid changes a couple different ways over the next 10 years from drummer you know I don't think Brandon would make this you know he no. play, I bet they barely play any of these tracks it's too simple and it's too just like bada, 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 bada. you know um, I don't think that's what he wants to be drumming and so I I wonder how much of this they play live. I feel like I don't see a lot. I see Loki every once in a while, and I see. Or yeah, I mean, I think yeah. I think a bit. I think part of why they don't do it live, I, I I don't know that they can at this point in their career. Yeah, at this point, I mean, it just seems like it's such a. Yeah, you're just putting yourself through a lot to play this album. Yeah, but it there is is something we've kind of talked about last time we were talking about this album. It's just like there's something really magical about the construction of this album mm-hmm. and like the the pieces add up to being way more than the whole mm-hmm. and it ends up being this kind of fun it's the most fun poppy a sort of like heads down punk rock album has been you know it's like like they can't not write these kind of pop songs at their core right but they're trying to write these like very very heavy grindy songs and <clears throat> they have such a sense of pop songwriting that like it's such a cool combination it's so exhilarating and for me it's exhilarating in a very positive way but i'm sure other people have a vision of this album where it's very like that's their tough guy record which would make me laugh if i right thought about that for too long but like it's so like tough guy but also like 
really pulling the 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 legs out from under that tough guy posturing like left and right. Yeah, you know, too. It's really God. You kind of just something you made something like really click and whatnot. Like it, you're you're dead on with that. There's they're trying to make this like hardcore record, but they can't get away from those sort of pop sensibilities and like in their songwriting. And and I've had this conver- I had this conversation recently with somebody. But it's something I think about all the time. So. Um, for those of you who don't know, like probably the longest running band that I've been in for the last 20 years is a band called Ajalaska, which is just me and, uh, my buddy, Nathan Young. And it's, it's ostensibly like a doom noise drone thing. And I, for, and so, and like Nathan's background is very much in like metal and like power electronics, um, and stuff like that. So, but I think I've always said that the any even when he and I were like just playing, and it's this really heavy, loud like I I always drift towards finding a melody, even if it's like really mm-hmm. str- and 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 I can't like that's just where anytime I'm doing it, it's like it's really hard for me to make like harsh noise records because. <laughs> I and and so I was having a conversation. I had did an interview with someone recently. And I was having this conversation. We were talking talking about like our early ex, uh, kind of formative experiences with music and w- like probably my first memory of anything music related was when I was I don't know how old I was six some somewhere between like five and eight probably and mm-hmm. it was staying home sick on Sunday morning. Cause so like my, my mom always went to church. My dad didn't go to church. And like when we were kids, of course, like my mom made us go with her. But if we were sick, we would obviously, you know, we wouldn't go. So mm-hmm. I was home. I would stay, staying home sick with my dad, listening to beach boys records. And like the mm. beach boys are probably my first like music love. Like I, I you know, I mean, you're six, six, five, six years old and you're hearing like yeah. surfing USA. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> It's opium, right? Um, yep. But, like, who, like, there's very few people who write more memorable pop hooks in, like, the history of, like, the last 50 years of music, 60 years of music than, like, fucking Beach Boys. And yep. and so I I was having this conversation with someone, you know, to this interview, and we were talking about that, and I was like, yeah, I think that is why, for me, like, anytime I'm, even, I'm making a drone record or I'm making whatever shit i'm doing i somehow there's some melody in there somewhere and it's because like it's just in my bones i kind of wish i could figure out how to get it out sometimes but i'm not i haven't figured it's i'm 43 and i haven't figured it out so it's probably not gonna happen um but anyway well the thing i the little bit of uh, that i've noticed that all of me making music in any way has been i'm always me as much as i want to do something different (laughs) i like very bright drone very very um technicolor and bright color drone and like yeah. almost like you know a major seventh give me a major seventh right, I'm happy, right. You know, and like, <laughs> um and and you know everything with megabats was about that and like uh i'm jamming with some people a little bit recently and it's like i just fall back on things that i like when i'm like this yeah. is just a sound i like to make and like i'm not gonna make dark weird stuff you know i will listen to hell out of right it, but like i'm not going to a lot of the stuff that's closest to me is stuff like i love growing and i love like I, you know i was a huge fan of fuck buttons and right. i like i like when you go weird but to me my favorite thing is this kind of almost blindingly ecstatically happy like overly happy yeah. you know what i mean like 
painfully happy. Which is why I like the yellow swan. You know, it's like why I like all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's the same for everybody. Like you kind of can't, there's some core to you that unless you're just like a mechanical musician that's more interested in the mechanics of music, you, when you're an artist just trying yeah. to make something, you're just going to always make your thing, even if you're putting on a different hat. Still, you and a hat, you know right? What I mean? like, right, and and I mean, and I'm not, and I'm not skilled enough to be a mechanical musician. So. Yeah, yeah, me not, me neither. Like that technical mechanical yeah. musician is not the the persona that I have at all, right? And and or the skill set. Right. So I just, you know, I can't like think my way out of the problem. I just go, oh, I like that, you know, and and then you just go, you know. And I think the same thing happens to Tim. Like he wants to write, you know, a hardcore a, album, and he writes this kind of like country rockabilly you know like they can't get out of certain modes because they you know kind of poppy country rockabilly sing-alongs it's kind of he's never gonna not write yeah. those songs you know so and I, uh, but like yeah i don't know it's it, yeah like i said it kind of clicked from i think that's part of why this record resonates so deeply with me because it it like it, I, I can relate so much to like okay i'm gonna we're gonna try this thing we're gonna do this to be this thing and then it's like well yeah it kind of is that thing but also yeah you're you so it's just you um, yeah, it's exactly. just it's your skill and and i yeah I, I appreciate that you know that all the reasons i relate to tim armstrong yeah exactly <laughs> i mean i've listened to so many bands that or tried to listen to so many bands that i think is like in their head they were aping and i'm like i like this but I love this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I like the, the things they thought they were making, but I love when Rancid did it and, and they made it. Yeah. Rancid, you know what I right. mean? Like, and a lot of that is this love of pop, this love of, of sort of folk structures and rockabilly and all this sort of like simple stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's why, you know, you take a song like this where you've, it's like this, it's really fast and heavy and you've got these verses that are really kind of these, you know, I don't know, whatever, like hardcore lyric, like deep thought, whatever. And then you throw in this lullaby, like really saccharine chorus. And it's like, yeah, that's that. No wonder I love that. Cause like, that's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's this. And it's silly and sort of kid, like childlike and everything, you know, and it just, and it flies by in a minute and you're just like, God, I love this record. Yeah. <laughs> like, this record is so dumb and so brilliant at the same time. And it means so much. And it's like, no, it's just that it it has. I think the one thing about this album specifically mm-hmm. is it's because of the speed and the intensity is edging into why I like all the weird music I like, which is this level of ecstaticness. Yeah, like ecstatic music is so interesting because it like it overwhelms your senses and makes you have a heightened feeling with it. And I think that's what's happening here. And what's really cool is not only is it angry and tough and you know kind of badass and everything. But it's also kind of silly and poignant and, you know, really meaningful yeah, I mean, there's, on certain it's, songs. It's like really, and yeah. it's all, but it's all like rushing over you in 35 minutes or whatever it is. And it's like, because it has that ecstatic edge of the, you know, bleeding edge kind of white knuckle element, it does something that nothing else does because, because it's like, oh, just a little bit of, you know, it's that thing of just a little bit of distortion, a little bit of speed, a little bit of overdriven like and suddenly something can feel wildly different because it's starting to create an animalistic response from you not just an intellectual response you're actually going like you're you're like lizard brain yeah 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 exactly yeah so like 
I, and I think that's the brilliant of this album, which they've never fully come back to. I know. But it, I think it's kind of a lightning in the bottle situation, you know, where they were at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that. I don't, I can't, I don't think there's anything. Yeah. Else. yeah. It's, um, I, it's, I love this song. Uh, it's such a, and you can listen to it like 10 times in a row and it only takes 10 minutes out of your day and you'll, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway. All right. So, um, next episode is episode 20, which I can't believe we've made it to the 20 of these and I'm still having like the time of my life. So that's, that's great. Yeah. It's been awesome. <laughs> um, so what is your pick for big episode number 20? Well, I didn't really think about it in that context, <laughs> but I, I sort of feel like I have to pick this. And you're not going to see it coming. Okay. So the entire time we've done this podcast, the few months we've done it, you know, four or five months or four months or something, um, we have never actively had a new piece of Tim Armstrong art come out, ah. like uh, music come out. And on Friday... Uh, the new Interrupters record came out and it has a featuring Tim Armstrong song. In fact, this is the first Interrupters where he's not songwriting everything because of COVID. They were separate. So they recorded this album. So it's a little different than their other stuff. Some of the other Interrupters albums was like, wow, this is like really light poppy ranted with somebody who can sing. You know, like it's just like, it's like, whoa, Tim is really involved, you know, and I think on this record it's not. And I was listening to it. It's my son's favorite band he it's like it's totally that like if you can handle that you can handle it it's like very um light easy to go down i need to i need uh, to listen i need to dig into rancid, it more, right yeah. and uh apparently i'm going to this about, week so yeah exactly you should dig into their whole thing i think the first one's good but i think the other two have have their merits and you might be able to get it past people who maybe didn't like rancid but um i think it's a very interesting song with um i wrote a Docker, Dakar, the woman from the Body Snatchers and Specials. Huh. It's also on it and has an incredible uh, verse. So uh, it's a good one. I mean, it's the first time Tim has released a new piece of music into the world while we've been doing this. So I feel like it would be dumb. It was dumb not to. Yeah. What's, to so what's the name of the song? Oh, so the name of the song is As We Live off of In the Wild, the new one. Okay. Interrupter. Wow. Did not see that coming. That's cool. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm good with that. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, everyone, thanks for listening. If you have any feedback, let us know. You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at RancidPod. Still don't have an email address, but I just keep bringing that up, apparently. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> Are you gonna do? Uh, ah. I thought you were gonna do the. <laughs> I was leaving you the space I keep to do hoping it. Hoping that it's like, well, I didn't oh. think you were you, you you had gotten there. I also want to like, uh, you know, kind of bully you into doing it, seeing if you'll do it. <laughs> See you in the pit. There we go. See you, Sam. God, that one was so good. Oh well, I'm just gonna sample that each time now instead. <laughs> yeah, that was super good. Oh, there is. Oh. Oh. Man.
It's yeah. like early Timovision. Oh my god, it's like Halloween Timovision. It's like Timovision. orange Timovision. Okay, I said we'll put that in the house. Doesn't look oh, wait, like hold on. This is by Rancid. Like, this is Rancid's actual thing, and it's a song poison album, Life Won't Wait. 